a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. and I am the Chief of Communications for the VA in Salt Lake City. And welcome to our Upholding Valor podcast. This is the first time we've done it in the studio setting, so I'm excited. And I have two of my favorite people here with me. And, of course, I have to say that because they're my bosses. Uh, <laughs> they run the place up there. I have Shella Stovall here, and she is the brand-new director of the VA in Salt Lake City as of today, right, Shell? That's right. Thank you. Welcome. And then we have Nina Saunders, who is the Associate Director for Quality and Safety. Yes, thank you. Kind of Shell's right hand, right? You guys do a lot together. Oh, absolutely. I rely on Nina all the time. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. Thanks for being here. I wanted to talk a little bit about the purpose of upholding valor. Since I started at VA as the chief of communications, I always thought that VA needed to be putting themselves out there more. Mm -hmm. We need to be more proactive. We need to be more transparent. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about the good things that we do because you hear a lot of noise surrounding VA. And in my humble opinion, not necessarily here locally, I don't hear enough about the good that right, is happening. Right, for Would sure. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And also, we just need to talk about VA because not enough veterans take advantage of their benefits. I mean, I think we have about mm, 150, 160,000 veterans in Utah, and we're taking care of how many, Shella? About 60,000, approximately. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's so. not enough. So we have a lot of work to do. Um, so the first thing I want to start with with your ladies' help, of course, is what is the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System? What do we do? Who do we serve? What is our mission for those who may not be so familiar with VA? Either one of you. Well, we have, we are the VA VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System, and our mission is, of course, providing top-notch healthcare to our veterans. Um, We also have a mission of education, educating our new uh, clinicians across VA. Um, We have another mission, which is research. We do some of the most amazing research here in Salt Lake City. Um, And then finally, our emergency management work that we do here. And so we have a huge mission to serve veterans in a variety of ways. But our main mission is to provide health care to our veterans. I think a really important point to make about that is veterans have earned this care already. They served and they earned the care, and so many of them are not taking advantage of it, having their prescriptions filled at the VA, getting their health care, if they're eligible, getting their dental care. And I think that's the word we have to get out is 
you men and women have earned this, so get in and take advantage of it. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, VA is only as strong as the veterans who use it, correct? I mean, that's how we get funded. Absolutely. If veterans Mm -hmm. don't use the system, the system will cease to exist or at least be, you know, affected negatively. Yeah. Yeah. And what we're finding is veterans that actually do access the system find that it's a great place to get their care. Mm -hmm. Well, and that reminds me, you you both hit it on the head, and, and I'm speaking directly to, say, the Vietnam era veterans. So much has changed since they may have first walked in to a VA medical center and were told, no, you weren't eligible. Try again. Yeah. Come back and see us. A lot has changed. Yeah. Okay, I want to I want to jump right into um, we have a new administration, and with a new administration comes a new secretary, yes. Dr. David Shulkin, and he came out aggressively with five outstanding priorities, and I just want to read through them real quick. Greater choice for veterans and 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 really employees. Choice is the the operative word there. Modernizing systems, efficiency, improving timeliness, and suicide prevention. So what I thought we'd do is kind of address these, these five priorities. Um, not in too great a detail, but just to let folks know what we're doing at VA, what we're doing well, um, and in what areas can we do better. Okay? Mm-hmm. So um, let's just start with the first one. Greater choice. And this is open to both of you. Why should veterans choose VA? Well, I think that we provide quality health care. I know we do. Yes. We, we <laughs> I'm the one that watches all the metrics and yeah, makes yeah. sure. Then you go, girl. <laughs> yes. and, Let's hear it. And we are what they call a four-star um, quality health care system. And, and it's a rank between one and five. And, and I think that that's a good example of why they should should come. So uh, tell me a little bit more about that. So yeah. quality metrics, performance, I mean, not too in the weeds, but Nina, talk yeah. about that. What does that mean? VA can compare themselves against the private sector in many measures. Um, there are standards of care that uh, say you're a diabetic patient. You should have certain things every year, your eyes checked, your feet examined, and So we look at that data to see how many of our patients that actually happens. And then we compare ourselves also to the community. What surprises most people is VA is head and shoulders above the private sector in providing that standard of care that must be given to patients, not only the diabetic, but the patient who has hypertension or the depressed patient or the person who has um, struggles with substances, there are measures for what defines quality care. Salt Lake City stands very strong in the whole healthcare system of VA, and VA overall is better than the private sector in many of those metrics. Okay, so on that, in that same vein, where can we improve? Where can we do better? Where we can do better is in timeliness, um, it's been it's a pretty common thing that um, veterans say it's harder to get in, but once you get in, I've gotten the best care I've ever gotten anywhere else. And best care is comprehensive care. We talk to you about your exercise, your the amount of exercise, your food and nutrition, your health care, your preventive um, screenings that need to be done. It's one-stop shopping at the VA. You can get all your health care there. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to mention that at the top. We're not your typical health care system. We do treat 
the whole veteran, every mm-hmm. aspect, body, mind, and spirit. If you've never been up to the campus, you should come up and visit because it's just like this little city. Correct? It is. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Okay, let's talk briefly about the CHOICE program. People have heard about the CHOICE program, and it was to address access um, way back when the, the Phoenix stuff Right, broke. Right. Okay, initially it was designed to get veterans in sooner. So if you had to wait over 30 days or if you lived 40 miles away from the nearest clinic, um, you could access the CHOICE program. It didn't get off to the smoothest start. Nope. Everyone knows that, but there's been improvements. So how how is it better and how are we making it work for us and our veterans more specifically? Right. Well, I, I would say there's been at least 27 amendments to that legislation that has improved it. I'm not going to go over all of them, but the one that stands out to me that they uh, had in the legislation was that if a veteran couldn't get in within 30 days, then they could seek care in the community. And and we know we can't do it alone. We need our community partners to help us. Um, and also, if they live greater than 40 miles away, they could seek care in their community. And we have a lot of rural veterans that, that um, get their care in their own um, small communities. Um, so... <laughs> You know, it's it's kind of like when I think of my own health care, I, I get to choose where I get my health care. And so I think the idea is for veterans to be able to choose where they get their care based on the experience that they have when they go to the VA or anywhere else. And so we have worked really hard to improve our customer service. We have great customer service, but, you know, we can do better. And Always. we are committed to doing better so that veterans continue to have that choice. And it has been complicated with the choice legislation. But I think um, Secretary Shokin is working with Congress to make that um, legislation, well, more easy for the veteran to navigate and more easy for our employees to figure out where is the best place for the veteran to go. Okay. So speaking of doing better, modernizing systems. I think everyone in agree and it, who works with NVA can agree we need to we need to modernize a few things. So reform operations and infrastructure to better serve veterans. Areas for improvement in hmm. this particular area, whichever, ladies. Well, so I'm going to say um, our IT systems. Uh, Secretary Shokun just recently announced that we would be using the same system as the DoD, which is Cerner. And what that'll allow is for veterans' uh, medical records when they're in the military to follow them to when they get care at the VA. It'll make it much easier for them to make that uh, transition. So we're working to make our IT systems much more friendly. Plus, veterans really do want to be able to access, you know, tools on their iPhones or their their apps apps. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. The one thing also that I would mention is the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, our veterans, most of them love to come to the VA. But when you come to the VA, it's not like going to, you know, the Huntsman Center or Intermountain Medical sure. Center. It's a very humble environment, very old infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently did an assessment to see which of our uh, patient rooms had private bathrooms. We know that if you go to the private sector, you can generally get a private room with a private bathroom. We need to fix that. We need to be as good as the private sector. And quite frankly, I think our veterans deserve 
that same infrastructure and quality. I agree. Nina, anything to add? Just thinking about some of the other systems, as an employee in the VA, it's very complicated to order something, to contract for some services, or to order medical equipment. We really, because of all the laws and regulations, if you want a piece of equipment, you better not you better have good foresight because it might take you 12 months to get that. And then at the last minute, the funding may be, we've run out, and now we can't buy it. You can't run a hospital, and you can't run a healthcare system without good equipment. You know, patients deserve that. So all those systems have to be modernized. And we're all dealing with, we're, we're dealing with taxpayer dollars. So Absolutely. being good stewards of the taxpayer dollar, which takes us to Secretary Shulkin's third priority, which is efficiency. Examine and redesign how our organization works to improve efficiency, effectiveness, delivery of care, and how we provide services to veterans. So let's talk about a, a workload increase. So just because... The, the wars are ending overseas and, and combat situations are drawing down um, doesn't mean that, you know, the battle the hasn't ends. just begun here yeah. at home. Yes. If, if anything, yes. we are busier now more than ever. So oh. let's talk about that workload and increase and how we're dealing yeah. with that and, and how we can effectively treat all these veterans coming to us because we are treating more every year. Well, I will tell you in the last year, our veterans being served have increased by 11%. That's huge. It is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're so grateful for that. There's probably a variety of reasons why they are cho- choosing to come now. Um, the Affordable Care Act and the uncertainty with he- private health care. Um, and just the fact that they're hearing such good things about you know VA Salt Lake City. But with that 11%, you know, we have not necessarily gotten more resources to provide that service. So we have to continually look at ways we can be more efficient. So we use uh, lean as our primary uh, way of improving processes, which is, uh, and you could probably describe a little bit more of that, but we've got several projects where you look at the, you, you flow map the project and you remove some of the unnecessary steps and make it streamlined. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Get it done better and faster. Yeah. And so we're looking at that. We've, we're training over, uh, well, just a couple of weeks ago, we trained 60 people in those processes. Each one of those will take, each of those persons will take on a project to improve things. Because didn't I see something where that 11% translates into like 7.4 million hours of care or something along those Oh, yeah. I, don't, I haven't seen lines. that, but I believe it. You yeah. know, another place where we've had tremendous growth is in the uh, mental health section. Sure. And we're using technology mm-hmm. to reach out not only to our veterans, but veterans um, in the mental health through uh, telehealth. Right, like through a computer screen. Through a a computer screen. Patients like it. They like the comfort of their, you know, going to a clinic, and we're trying to advance that to going into their home so they can just FaceTime with their doctor and, you know, have a counseling session. And Mm -hmm. it's been very popular. And we have a hub here in Salt Lake City because we're fortunate with – our universities and so forth, we can hire the right staff. Sure. But if you live in Glendive, Montana, it's pretty hard to get a psychologist or a psychiatrist out there. I was going to say, most of yeah. these folks probably wouldn't be receiving these services if we didn't offer this. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we're making a difference there. Well, so the big thing that, that 
VA is always held accountable for, and, and the big problem that you hear in the, in the media is timeliness and not getting veterans in soon enough to see their doctor. So let's talk about our numbers briefly right where, right now, where we are in terms of getting people in to just see their, their primary care provider. So what are our average wait times for that? So, Ballpark. I know you yeah, don't probably yeah. have the spreadsheet right in front of you. Well, let me just say first, I don't always like to give numbers simply because they change. Sure. And they're averages. So we, in some cases, we can get veterans in same day in primary care mental health. We've declared that. We did that back um, in December, I believe. Um, that said, um, there are some areas where there's a bit of delay, like urology, some of the specialty clinics. Um, but for the most part, in primary care and mental health, we have pretty good access times. Um, you're right, I don't know the exact numbers, um, but you can go to accesstocare.va.gov and, and find out where you can get your care. And so, for example, if you go in and look at VA Salt Lake City, you're going to see the number, I think it's like six days average. But if you go up to Ogden, it might say 45 days. So there's a sure. little bit of delay, and it really does depend on how our resources are distributed. Um, but it, it's a delay in Ogden. We would still be able to get a, a veteran in to one of our other mm-hmm. clinics. So essentially, we have really good access in, in those areas. And this One acts- other thing oh, I go was going to say is people don't realize we have an emergency room. At the at the VA, and I don't think a lot of people know that we have a 24-hour fully staffed, medically staffed, and mental health staffed yes. um, emergency room. So if you need care, come, because we will find that care for you. Well, that's a great Absolutely. transition into the final priority, which is suicide prevention, which is, which is huge. We didn't even really need it written down because it's always been a priority. But yeah. still, um, I want to say VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System, since October, we've lost seven veterans to suicide. And these are veterans who expressed no thoughts of harming themselves during, during their last VA appointment. I think only one of them was on the, the high-risk list mm-hmm. um, within the last three years. So suicide prevention is is key. And you're right, Nina. I mean, no one should have to wait. They could just walk into the mm-hmm. emergency room and we have our crisis teams um, yeah. standing by. But what else can we all do, you know, not just within our hospital, but what do yeah. we need to do to stop this? Because 20 veterans are committing suicide a day. Yeah. And many of those aren't getting care at the VA. And it's very true. Yeah. You know, uh, we've talked about it, and I think probably one of the best approaches would be much like CPR. Er- <clears throat> Many people in our community know bystander CPR, and if you go down with a heart attack, somebody will come to your rescue. I think that we need to train our communities, not only our hospital staff, but our communities about the signs and the warning signs that somebody may be thinking about suicide. And we recently heard from an expert, Greg Hudnell, who said, and I I agree with him, ask people. You won't be giving them any ideas about suicide, but you'll be lending them a hand that you can talk about it. Sometimes it's even hard to talk about, but it is out there and we all need to become aware. And most of us know a veteran 
either yeah. directly or indirectly? And when's the last time you yeah. reached out and checked in? Yeah, that's and a good checked point. On there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a good point. I don't think there's been anyone that hasn't been touched in some way by suicide. It's true. And, you know, it is. It's, a, it's not just a veteran crisis. It's a community crisis. Absolutely. Utah is the fifth highest state for, for suicide in general. Um, so we do. We need to get out there, talk about it. We're partnering with the Utah uh, Hospital Association mm-hmm. and Dr. Greg Hudnell. He was actually touted on the uh, floor of the Senate by our own Senator Hatch for the work that he's doing with teen suicide. And we hope that we can learn some lessons from what he's doing in the community. Well, you two obviously love what you do. So combined, how many years of VA service are we talking here? So uh, 29 and 29. So 58, 58, 58 <laughs> years. 58 years. Okay. So. And going strong. Quickly, before <laughs> we wrap this up, um, why do you choose VA? Why 29 years with this mission, what keeps you coming back? Well, you said it. It's the mission. It is the mission. <laughs> you know, I'm actually a nurse, and being a nurse defines who I am and why I do what I do. And I didn't actually choose the VA when I came. I was a nurse, and at the time in 1984, I didn't, there wasn't a nursing shortage, and so I ended up kind of having to go to the VA because they were about the only place hiring. And I got, I didn't plan to stay, but I got there and that mission, there's just no better reason to get out of bed and go to work, but to serve veterans. And so that's why I choose VA. What about you, Nina? You know, I love the population. They are so grateful. They are um, appreciative. They, uh, it makes it easy to be at work. Um, I feel often that I'm walking through the halls where heroes walk because when you do get to know somebody a little more on an intimate level, when you're their nurse and you're caring for them, at night you're bathing them and they tell you about their experience in the war and um, you just realize what strong, courageous people that you are around. And I can't think of a better place to work and and to be there every day. If I have to go to work, I want to work where it's great to work. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Um, I really appreciate it. Shella, congratulations again on being yeah. the director. Thank officially. you. Thank you. We're Finally, honored. glad about that. We I'm have very been waiting. Um, I, too, love working for VA, and I love working for you ladies. And we would invite anyone to come up and visit our campus at any time call, ask questions. Um, A couple websites I want to throw out is our website for the facility, which is saltlakecity.va.gov. And then I want to throw out that access website again, because that's the website you can go to and check our customer service ratings, our comparisons to the private sector, um, and also our wait time. So that's accesstocare.va.gov. Um, You've been listening to the Upholding Valor podcast, so stay tuned for more. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jill.